You're listening to episode number 84 of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. In today's episode, I am so excited to introduce you to Amanda Anderson. She's going to be sharing with us what to do when behavior issues feel unmanageable. Amanda is the Regional Center Director of Brain Balance, working with centers in Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and Oregon. Through Brain Balance's comprehensive, non-medical approach, she works with parents to get to the root of their child's struggles and is passionate about helping families live with more hope and understanding. She is also a parent herself to a three and a half year old daughter and has another little girl on the way. Now, as some of you may know, Jaden has been a part of the Brain Balance program and he started back in March and he just recently finished. And the way that the program worked out for us, instead of going three days a week, we only went two. So our program was a little bit longer than normal, but it was an incredible experience. And I got to know Amanda and through our conversations. And we just found out that we have so much in common. And I knew that I wanted to bring her on the show because I know that so many of you out there can relate to raising kiddos with big, strong emotions and just sometimes feeling like there's nothing you can do. Like it's an impossible feet to try to get through this. And so Amanda has some really incredible actionable tips and I can't wait for you to hear. So if you're ready, let's jump right into today's conversation. Hey mama, welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and I'm here for all you mom photographers out there feeling overwhelmed trying to raise a thriving family and build a profitable business you love. I'm a business and motherhood coach, brand photographer, podcaster, wife, and homeschooling mama saved by grace. So I can totally relate to the never ending to-do lists, endless hours of editing, and the trail of messes strewn across the floor. Join me every week where I share with you the strategies and mindset shifts that you need to step into the role as CEO in your motherhood and your business. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, take some serious action, and embrace hard things for the sake of growth, then you're in the right place. Hey, Amanda, welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here today, and I cannot wait to talk to you about our children and some behavior issues that we may or may not be having right now (laughs) and what to do when they just feel so overwhelming and unmanageable. But first of all, I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone, let the listeners know who you are, who you live with, and what you do. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Ashley. Yes, I'm Amanda Anderson. I am a mom, so I'm here with my husband, my three-and-a-half-year-old, and and I've got a baby on the way, another little girl. So that is super fun. Um, I'm with Brain Balance. I'm the regional director, and I work with families in Arizona, Colorado, Utah, and Oregon specifically, um, helping them help their kids get on track. So it's awesome. I love what I do. That's awesome. I totally forgot that you were pregnant too, by the way. So that's (laughs) exciting. Like I didn't know you were having a girl. 
Yay! And another little one. I'm so excited. I'm not as sick as I was, so it's we're on the up and up. It's all good. Oh, good. That is so good to hear. Oh man. <laughs> so tell us how you got started in that line of work. How did you like give us a little backstory of like what you maybe did before brain balance and then what led you to that position? Yeah. So I am a self-described multi-passionate person. And you and I have some things in common besides being parents, also photographers, you know, background in photography. That was my, that's my degree. That's my career path that I went down. But I was always that kid that was in the self-help section of the bookstore. I was always interested in psychology. You know, why are we the way that we are? What makes you the way you are? And, And all those things involved in our personalities and our likes and our interests and the hard things. And um, I kind of always had that nagging feeling in the back of my mind and in my heart that I wanted to also be involved in something where I felt like I was really giving back and serving others. And um, when I learned about brain balance and especially as I started seeing the changes um, in the kids that we work with, it was like, man, this is just, this is changing lives and I want to be a part of this. So ended up from photographer to brain development, parent, coach, guru person. Um, and it's just worked out so well. It strangely is all connected. You guys get what I'm saying <laughs> when it yes. comes to that kind of thing, right? Yes. I think so many of our listeners can relate to you and to me, which is why they listen, but yeah. we are multifaceted, multi-passionate people. Like I've never met one person that's like, yeah, I just like to do one thing and that's it. <laughs> right? right? Like we have multiple passions and you and I definitely share the mama thing and the photography thing. We also share that we're podcasters, but this brain development and parenting, positive parenting, that whole like cognitive space, we share that too, because that is something that I am so passionate about. And I talk about that a lot on the podcast, positive parenting, how to enjoy our children, how to enjoy motherhood. And so I'm so excited for us to sort of dive deeper into that topic today. But I would love for you to describe your philosophy when it comes to handling behavior issues. Because obviously, if our children were behaving all the time, like motherhood would just be bliss, right? But that just doesn't happen. So how do you how would you describe your philosophy when it comes to handling those hard situations? It's all about connection. It's interesting because it was a couple of years ago I was sitting down with a parent and I was explaining what brain balance does. And I just expressed it in a different way than I normally do. I'm like, it's all about connection. Your kids are connecting to their emotions, their 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 behaviors, what's going on from for them from the inside out. As a parent, you're connecting to your child's true needs. Like you feel like they're opening up, and you can see what's really going on for them, and you can meet them where they live. And we're not expecting them to do more than what they can because it causes frustration. So it's a combination of, well, first connection, which I'll talk more about um, a little bit later, meeting them where they live and letting go of the things that we do as parents over and over and over that aren't getting us anywhere, right? So if you think about traditional parenting, traditional discipline and you know, just all those things that maybe we were raised with, 
what the research is showing, like you said, that positive parenting where it's built on relationships and respect that works both directions and um, getting to the root of the matter, you know, from getting to the bottom of, of all the challenges that our kids are facing, we have to start there. We can't just, you know, it's not a quick fix. It's not a Band-Aid because that really does not help the little fix-its and the control tactics that we kind of innately go to as parents sometimes. We have to unlearn so much of that. So really, it's all about connection. I love that. And I talk a lot about that on the podcast too. And I'd love to know from your perspective, like where did you first learn about this idea of connection? Do you remember? You know, I don't remember, but I feel like if we think back to like our inner child, and I think as a creative person, as fellow creatives, you're kind of always a little bit in that space where you're working with thinking outside of the box and kind of that just natural flow of creativity and connection with other people. So I think it goes back to really my childhood and kind of always being tapped into, you know, whether it be someone that I can relate to or maybe someone who showed me a lot of love and connection as a child. That's always carried through for me. And then when I first became a parent three and a half years ago, what after I was well into my brain balance career, it just really clicked for me that we don't grow out of that need. That's always within us. And our kids have this amazing ability to hold up this mirror to us and go, remember, remember when you when we connected as kids? Remember when we played and let go of frustration and we weren't so worried about the stuff that didn't matter. Right. So I feel like it's always there inside of us and our kids just remind us and it's hard and it's beautiful and it's messy. (laughs) Yes, that's so true. I feel like I can remember to the day when I first learned about this connection piece. And again, like you said, it was always there, but I never had it described to me in that way. And I remember learning it from Dr. Laura Markham, which I talk about Mm -hmm. a lot. And she has a book about peaceful parenting. And I just remember reading about this analogy of our children, like wearing a backpack and having all of these emotions that they deal with on a daily basis. And they store them in this backpack And then when they feel safe and when they feel connected with someone, they will allow the backpack to come, like unleash the backpack and all the emotions will flow at once. And so that's why, you know, our kids are more vulnerable with us. They're more defiant with us. They are more explosive with us because they feel safe. And so they melt down all the time. And when I had that backpack analogy in my head of being like, wow, like they carry all of this emotion and it's our job as parents to help them sort through those emotions. It was just a big game changer for me. So absolutely. I love that. And when we realize that they are carrying that backpack, that that backpack is a lot of the time, a lot of the time, very invisible. Mm -hmm. They don't even know they're carrying it. Sometimes we don't see it. And the more that we become aware and that inner inner knowing that we develop and that inner knowing that we're planting with our kids so they can say, yeah, I've got this backpack. There's nothing wrong with this backpack, but I need some help and support because I don't know what to do with this yet. I haven't learned it yet. That's our job is to show them it's okay. We can do yes. this. <laughs> oh, I love that. So I know that you have some 
tips for how we can help them unpack that backpack? How do we do that? Yes. So it starts with us. I know sometimes as parents, we think it starts with our kids and, and there's a lot of work to be done there too. And that's what brain balance really dives into, but we get to control us. We can't, contrary to what we are kind of wired to think, we can't really control our kids in a lot of ways. We can influence them. We can guide them. But the first thing we can control is ourselves. And so what I like to use are the three C's. I use this a lot with the families that I work with um, as their kids are, are getting stronger and their development is is underway is really um, giving them these tools to be able to go to. So these tools, the three C's, you can use those in the moment when your kids are showing big emotions, when they're having those behavior challenges, or this can just be a practice that you, you know, every day you're, you're going through these steps to keep your cup full and also your kids cup full. So the first thing is centering. This is the most important step because this is where it really requires us as parents to slow down, to become more present. Now, this is not necessarily necessarily a self-care, you know, I'm going to go get a pedicure. It could be, that's awesome. But most of us busy working moms, especially it's like, I just need a few minutes to take some deep breaths, to become present, to, to even say to myself, I, myself, I love mantras. So one of my big ones is we are all doing the best we can. If we stop and say that to ourselves right now, everyone listening, if we can say to ourselves, we're doing the best we can, that just immediately changes the, sh- the perspective that we have. We have more empathy and compassion for ourselves first and then also our kids. I really love, also love the thought, this makes total sense. Everything that my child is doing right now makes total sense for where they're at developmentally, the tools they have, the understanding they have. And that helps me feel calm. So this is really the antidote to confusion. We don't want you spinning out in confusion going, what if I do this? Or what if this happens? Or... I'm thinking way far in the future. I need to be present to right now what's going on right now for me. This will help you look through a different lens. And kids are so highly attuned to our stress level. We forget that sometimes. We think that, you know, it's kind of the chicken and the egg thing. Are you stressed or am I I mad because you're stressed or are you mad because I'm stressed? We feed off each other. So we want to really center ourselves and calm ourselves before we we reach in to connect to our kids. Because if we're bringing a bunch of stressful energy to our child, again, that's not going to really help. It's going to usually create more stress. So that's our center step. Next step is connection. Again, this is really the heart of all of it. This is why this is the middle step, is this is that place that we can always go back to. And we're teaching our kids to go back to that step as well. Now, I don't know about your your kids, Ashley. Mine, when it comes to connection, mine love touch. Mine love hugs. How do your kids respond to connection? Is it nonverbal? Is it is it touch? Do they like space? Oh, they definitely love touch. Getting down on their level, looking them in the eye, being really aware of their feelings, and like ref- like repeating it back to them is so helpful. And I really noticed that when I'm slow to like I'm slow in how I speak and I'm calm and I touch all those key things bring down the the anxiety in the room it just helps them feel so much more heard and seen 
Yeah, absolutely. Every kid kind of has a different recipe, right, of what works for them. And it's going to probably depend on the day as well. So you may be saying to yourself, I've tried that or I do that every day and my kid gets more mad or this or that. It's a process. But um, so, for example, my little one, oftentimes she responds best first with some nonverbal connection. I do a lot of nodding. Um, I don't go too quickly to communicate to her because it actually frustrates her quite a bit if I'm if I'm putting words to her feelings too soon. So I do a lot of nonverbal connection. I'll also just kind of rub her back. Um, she loves a deep deep hug, so you know usually move into that next. Um, that usually helps in the moment when there's some some big feelings, some some emotions, meltdowns, things like that. Outside of that moment, another important way to connect is to have fun. Really, it's the language our kids speak is fun. If we can make anything fun, if we can dissipate stress with fun and humor, I mean, it just makes all the difference in the world. Um, while you're while you're doing that, while you're engaged in their world, while you get down on their level, like you said, Ashley, and you're maybe you're playing with them, you're you're asking about their toys and what these things mean and what they're doing. Really practice active listening. This is a skill that we need to develop because it really does go a long way to, like you said, our kids feel seen, they feel heard. We're not just here to fix a problem. We're here because we care and we want to learn more about why they're why they're feeling what they're feeling. So connection, this is the one we always want to go back to as a way to recenter ourselves. Um, and then once that stress levels down, once things have dissipated a little bit, because if you if you think about like if your kid's having a meltdown, actually, what happens if you try to reason with your kids when they're in big feelings? Do you usually get the logic connection with them? Oh no, they like get worse. <laughs> it gets louder. They get more violent. It's like throwing gas on the fire when I try exactly. to speak too soon. <laughs> exactly. So if we're like, why are you doing that? What were you thinking? You know, we're trying to like again fix band-aid control. That's kind of our go-to sometimes. But when the stress level is down, because when stress is up, usually logic is not online. If you've ever asked your kids, why'd you do that? And they said, I don't know. You know, what were you thinking? I don't know. And you're like, what do you mean you don't know? Of course you know. Um, So get that stress level down through those steps, and then we can move into some communication. And the way that we want to communicate is shame-free. So we don't want to place judgment on the behaviors. This is not about the behaviors. This is about the feeling that drove that behavior. Because the behavior is just a symptom. We're seeing that pop up and and that's we're not trying to fix that. We're trying to um, get them to understand what they were feeling so that they start to behave differently because they can make that connection. And when we start to insert judgment and shame, we all shut down. If we feel judged, we're like, I can't open up. I can't be real about how I'm feeling. And that's how us adults are as well. So let's remember you know, we've got a human brain too, and we can relate to our kids in a lot of ways. So it's really about empathy, about validation. I like to use phrases like, I know this is really hard for you. And contrary to our, you know, um, uh, instincts to, to, to shut it down, we're like, I don't want to hear any more of this whining. I don't want to hear any more of whatever you're upset about. We actually want to open up that communication. So I like to say, I, I, I can see you're struggling. Tell me more. Tell me everything. Right, because it's that tea kettle that's boiling, and it needs to come out because we don't want them to hold that in there. We don't want them to hold those feelings in. 
So, you know, what are you feeling right now? How can I help you? I love I statements. Um, so for example, let's say your kid's aggressive. Let's say they're getting aggressive with their sibling. Um, I like to say things like, I can see you're picking up that toy and you want to throw it at your sister. I can't let you do that. I'm going to actually just move this stuff over here, right? So I'm creating some loving limits, some boundaries, but it's a very neutral, non-judgmental. You're kind of sports casting or translating the situation for them so they can start to see their own behaviors while also modeling. We can figure this out. Everything we can get figured out here. This isn't a problem we can't solve which empowers them and not, you know, depletes them. So hold those limits and know that they may react with disappointment. They may react with anger to what you're doing and that's okay. Let your child feel those emotions because that's an important part of this process. And we just do this stuff day in and day out and we get it into these habits and it makes a big difference for you guys. I'm excited. I love each one of those steps. And I've never heard them described in quite that way. I feel like it's really interesting to hear different perspectives because it resonates with different people, right? So, you know, some things that I may talk about on the podcast, and then you might hear this and be like, gosh, that makes so much sense. And, you know, it's all around the same thing, that regulation, that connection, and then that actual conversation where you're trying to, you know, redirect and teach the lesson, but when everything's diffused. But thank you so much for sharing that. I just think that yeah. is so important. So I know that a lot of people listening right now are probably like, okay, cool. Like, that sounds awesome. But what happens when you can't regulate yourself? And you've made matters worse. Like, what are some things that you can sort of talk with us about? How can we take a minute to regulate? How, like, what about those, like, in, like those instincts? Because we know, well, you and I know, maybe not the listeners, but we know, Amanda and I know that the brain neurons, they travel at the path of the least resistant. So when, you know, we've had trauma from childhood, this can bring back trauma in adulthood. And it, it's triggers. That's what they call them, those triggers where you almost react instantly without even thinking. So Amanda, do you have some sort of encouragement or some tips of what we can do when, when we're not able to stay calm and we're not able to regulate ourselves first and we maybe fly off the handle and make things worse? The biggest thing is that we don't want to compound judgment on top of reactivity. When this happens to me, because it does, um, I give myself a lot of grace. I really try to stay very neutral and even go back, going back to my mantras of, I'm doing the best that I can. It makes sense that I got upset. It doesn't mean that I should have said what I said or did what I said. That behavior is not how I want to show up in the world or with my kids. But then I'm also not going to just keep that feeling and that, um, you know, regret, if you want to call it that, that learning opportunity. I'm not going to keep that inside. I'm going to also give that some meaning. So for my little one, she's three and a half, you know, she doesn't understand and I don't want to unload my day onto her and talk about why I, why I reacted the way that I did. But I, I'll say things like, you know, I didn't. I didn't act like I I should have in that moment. I didn't I didn't respond to you. I didn't 
I wasn't as nice as I want to be in that moment. I got really upset. I shouldn't have done that. I'm really sorry. It wasn't you. It was how I was feeling. So then that immediately shifts things into a learning opportunity where I don't I don't want to hide my difficult emotions from my kids. I want them to see that I'm a human being. So it's not that it's not that we aren't ever going to react, right? The goal is that is not for our kids to just never react or for us to never react. It's that situationally in the learning opportunities and the seeds that we plant and the growth that happens from those, we want to learn from them. For us, that's a quicker, usually as adults, that's a quicker learning experience than it is our kids. Our kids, it's a long game. So you guys are invested in that long game with your kids and for yourselves too. If you're just getting started in this work of becoming aware of your triggers, it's going to be a long game too and be invested in that and show up for that. And don't dwell on those moments where you were reactive. We're just we're just chalking that up to learning and we're moving on. Does that make sense? Yes, that definitely does. Thanks for clarifying that. The other thing that I was sort of thinking too was, is, is it okay to narrate how we're feeling to our kids because of their behavior? Or would you wait until the, the third step where you're, you know, communicating that lesson? I would, as far as connecting our feelings to how our kids are behaving, um, I would be, this is where we do want to be, I think, a little bit more careful in terms of um, we want them to be, this is where we want to be a little bit more careful in terms of we want them to not own our feelings. We don't want to take them to take those feelings on board as far as like, they are the cause of our emotions because really, you know, it's our thinking about our kids' behaviors, right? That, that you know, ends up bringing so many of those feelings to light for us. And so when we change that lens that we look through, we then get to look at our feelings and our kids' feelings as being two separate things. They're in their own development, their own brain, their own emotions. I'm in my own and, and we have to coexist and we have to meet both of our needs. And so I would try to explain that in a way that's a little bit independent from my kids' emotions. Something that I like to say would be, you're having your you're having some big feelings about that. You're feeling really tired. I'm having some big feelings about this. What can we do? So it it becomes like a a, a game that we're trying to solve a little bit. Um, I love that. Yeah. I think that's so good because I feel like so often as parents, like we especially like if we have some childhood trauma of not having our needs met and not having, you know, parents that unpacked our backpack with us, we might feel like our feelings are more valid than theirs, right? Like this is like, I'm feeling really frustrated right now because you're not listening to me, right? And so we (laughs) sort of get into like this battle with our kids of like, well, I I deserve you to submit, right? I'm not going to give you what you want because I deserve what I want. And we sometimes get it backwards. We sometimes feel like we're the child and we're arguing with this <laughs> other child and then that just is is not helpful. It's so true. And we all do it. We all do it. I think no matter what, no matter the people that write the books that you know have really pioneered a lot of this positive parenting, everyone goes through that because we all have our triggers. And we just are always, the more aware we are, the more we can just work through that and it gets easier. 
and it, the backpack doesn't feel so heavy. You know, it starts yeah. to lighten up our own backpack, right? So true. Hey, Mama, I wanted to take a quick minute to invite you to join us for a free masterclass called Productivity with Purpose. In this masterclass, I will be teaching you how to purposefully time block your schedule to achieve peace and productivity. You can expect to learn how to create a master task list and establish time blocks, how to assign the tasks and protect those time blocks, and how do you actually stick to the schedule you create? And then finally, we're going to be talking about how to eliminate distractions to get more done in less time. I don't want your calendar to control you anymore. So if you are ready to grab your free seat, head on over to thepurposegathering.com slash productivity. And I can't wait to see you there. Okay, so I also feel like parents that are listening right now might be like, okay, so this sounds great. Like I have some tactical tips that I can use and the strategy that I can work through, but how do I know when these behaviors sort of go beyond what we would call quote unquote typical? So how do parents sort of know when they need additional support and what can we do? How do we seek that support? Great question. And this is something that a lot of parents come to me, they come to Brain Balance after having done various things or felt that frustration of not knowing what their kid needs. Um, I mean, that in itself, knowing how to help your kid is everything. And the great thing about our program, and I can really only speak to what we do and how we help kids at Brain Balance is that because we are so unique, we're so different in terms of it's the natural brain development that we're working with. It's it's something that all human beings, all kids can benefit from is having those strong connections in the brain, having that balance that we need to do hard things, to learn and behave and and, and be a good friend and, and all these things that that come from the brain. So when we when we get to the root of it and help the brain, every kid, no matter how small the challenge or how big the challenge is, will benefit because this is where it all begins. This is where it all comes from. So um, whether you've been told my kid doesn't struggle enough to need this this treatment or this therapy or this diagnosis. That's why we don't work with any, we don't mess with any of that because we just want to, to, to help the brain um, get stronger and increase connectivity. And so um, I think as parents, we, we feel that, we feel that like gut feeling of my kid, there's just something that's not connecting. There's something that is just in the way. I've had parents tell me all kinds of ways of describing it that, they just had this feeling that there was something more that was needed, that everything that they were doing at home just wasn't enough to move the needle. Um, these tactics, this connection and all of that, um, you know, the, it, it works so well in conjunction, of course, with our kids, um, their brain developing, their, their brain getting stronger and their understanding increasing. And if you feel like your kid's a little bit stuck in maybe some immaturity in their emotions, this is a process that all kids can benefit from. So Amanda, as I mentioned at the beginning, so the listeners are going to hear the recorded intro that lets them know how we met. 
But I want you to sort of share, because I came to that feeling with Jaden, where I was like, I know that something is not right. Like what I'm doing isn't working and he needs more support. And so I came to Brain Balance and you guys start with an assessment, right? So you can tell people whether or not you think their child is a great fit for the program. Can you sort of elaborate on that assessment and what is it looking for or what are you measuring? Yes, I love our assessment because as I was saying with knowing how to help your kid, knowing what is going on for them, finally, um, it just is so empowering. And so our assessment identifies where your child is at developmentally. We don't diagnose, we don't, we're non-medical. Um, we're really um, getting very specific as to what's causing those behavioral challenges or emotional, or, you know, learning challenges, any, all of the above come from the brain. And so our assessment is looking at those different functions of development and we identify. So if your child is, for example, nine years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, are there parts of their development where they're kind of stuck? So when your child is stressed and triggered, right, when they're having those behaviors, is part of their brain kind of in toddler um, development still? Are they wired and responding in a way that they simply can't control? We would be able to see that in our assessment because we're looking at that sensory motor development that is um, that is present from the very beginning of life. And so we have these ways of measuring that connectivity in the brain through our, our assessment, and we can get very specific to um, tell you what's going on with your child. I remember that being so eye-opening and being like, wow, like it makes so much sense that he was just developmentally not where he should be for his age. And so I thought that was so helpful for me to see. So I think the assessment is awesome for any one of you that are like, I just don't know, like take the assessment, have them figure out if there's any inconsistencies. So that's amazing. So now when it comes to brain balances um, approach, you sort of already talked about it, but is there anything else that sort of makes brain balance different when it comes to supporting children and who specifically do you help? Like what, what sort of behaviors have you guys sort of seen improvement on through brain balance? A lot of what we see are kids that have a hard time um, regulating their emotions. The most common things being um, meltdowns or kids that are shutting down. They go into that fight or flight response and their behaviors don't line up with the situation. You might say to yourself as a parent, it's not a big deal. It's just putting your clothes away or it's just sitting down and doing homework or you take the screen away and then it feels like the end of the world. And yet you may also have plenty of moments in the day where your child is excelling. You're like, okay, you do so well at school, yet you can't control your emotions. Um, I'm holding one hand up and one hand lower, which, you know, kind of is that that balance that we don't have in terms of our kids' abilities. You might feel like on one hand you're 15, on the other hand, you're three. Like, what's going on here? But we understand that. So that's a very typical example. But with that being said, we see everything you can think of. They're um, 
might be very little kids, you know, four-year-olds, really small kids that parents are seeing some really early signs that there are some challenges in learning or behavior. Um, and then we have kids that are even much older, um, high school, college-aged kids that um, are just having a hard time maybe functioning at that optimum level, whether it be jobs or relationships, driving, you know, showing up in the world and doing hard things. Um, when we strengthen the brain, everything gets better. Oh, I love that. And Jaden is actually just finishing the program at Brain Balance, but things have been so different. But what I love about Brain Balance specifically is that you guys hold your client's hand every step of the way. And I've so enjoyed getting to know you, Amanda, which is, you know, on all the calls talking about Jaden's improvements and the things that he was still struggling in and sort of what we could do to help support that. And so I love that. But I know that there's a little bit more to the program than just like going into the center. So can you just touch on a couple of the extra things that you guys also have available besides just the center work? Yeah. As you said, we do want to really guide our families. And there is a really important part of that that you guys get to do as a family at home, knowing how to help your child. There's a lot of things that we suggest. So you'll feel empowered. So it's not just about what we do. It's about this comprehensive approach with the family at home and with us in the center and um, really individualized to your needs as well. Every kid, every family is different. And, you know, we, we help everyone to, um, to, to, to feel like they, they can do this, that, that, you know, we can, we can do this work together. And, um, and so you have a lot of tools, a lot of support. Um, it's really comprehensive and unique in that way. And, um, we're here, we're here to help every step of the way. And you guys also have a nutrition piece that is supporting the whole program as well, right? Yes, yes. So we all know that, you know, what we put in our in our body helps us to feel feel better or to not feel so good and especially our kids when they're when they're going through, you know, development. Um just like with a little baby, you don't, you know, expect them to to eat or do, you know, eat things that are um not something that their system can handle. And whether you know your kid has intolerances to foods or just is irritated by them, um, the brain works its best when when we are putting good fuel in the body. And so we have um, a lot of tools and, and support as far as um, you know healthy eating and um, to, so that every family feels like it's doable for them. Because for some of you, you might be going, my kid is such a picky eater, right? Or my kid, you know, doesn't ever, you know, stop eating the, the, the junk or the food. And, um, and there's a reason for all of it. And so again, we want to address this comprehensively and, and talk about what your child needs specifically. Oh, I love that. Well, I know that your program has been so helpful for my family, which is why I wanted you to come on and share more about the behaviors and how we can help support our children. But I think like, I just want everyone to know listening that the goal of this episode is really to help you be aware. I want you to step into that awareness to know that your child's behavior is not a child only problem, right? It is a way that we can lean in and support that we can provide the guidance and the help that they need, whether that is through brain balance or through your strategic awareness of seeking more information to help your child. 
But I feel like, Amanda, we could seriously talk for hours about this topic. (laughs) It's like literally my jam, and I know it's yours too. But before we end our conversation, would you please share with everyone where they can find out more information if they are curious about getting that assessment for their child at Brain Balance? Yes. So you can find us online on social media. Our um, website is ourbrainbalance.com. So O-U-R brainbalance.com. There's information on there about the program. There's a contact form you can fill out. You can call us. We are so eager to talk to you and um, we're here to help. This is what we love to do. And we want to give you guys, you know, hope and excitement, you know, if you're feeling a little bit stuck with your child. Um, And you can also um, find me on, I have a podcast, it's called Living Connected. As you can tell, that's my my theme with all the work that I do. Um, And that's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, And I just would love to help. Okay. Thank you so much, Amanda. It's been such a pleasure to have you. And I will be sure to, of course, link everything that we talked about and um, all those links for Amanda in the show notes as well. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you guys. Was that not such an incredible conversation with Amanda? I feel like we could talk for hours. I love her insight and her just slow to anger actions. And I often will reach out to her when I need support. And she just gives the best advice and also just makes me feel like it's okay to mess up, right? And I love the quote that she shares about just, I'm doing the best I can. Like, I really take that to heart. And I have been practicing that since we recorded this episode a few weeks ago, now that I'm recording the outro to it, and it really has been helpful to me to just repeat to myself, you know what, I'm doing the best that I can, and knowing that I'm not going to stay there. Like, I'm not just going to make excuses and say, okay, I'm doing the best I can to grow, and I'm going to use this as a launching point of saying, okay, I'm doing the best I can right now, but what can I do to get me past where I am, right? We don't want to live in that that excuse. We don't want to stay stuck, but, but it is nice to give yourself that grace and to know, okay, first of all, I'm not alone. Second of all, I know what to do. And third, it's not an emergency. It's not as big of a deal as I think it is. I hope that you have found encouragement in today's episode. I would love for you to take a screenshot of it, share it out on Instagram, and tag me at The Purpose Gathering, and let's spread the word out there to more mamas who might be struggling with with handling behaviors that just feel so unmanageable. Until we meet next week, mama... Know that I am always here rooting for you, and you are not alone on this journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You can do hard things, and life is about more than just surviving. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage. To become a part of our free online community and connect with like-minded mom photographers, head on over to thepurposegathering.com slash mamas. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact 
on our families and communities. You've got this, girl, and I can't wait until next time.